Well, what is up, everybody? I told you, I just figured out that there were two microphones on this, speakers on this phone, right? Yeah, I just figured that out. Pretty great. We're back, everybody. Here in beautiful Bloomington, Minnesota, doing some very fun shows at the House of Comedy in the Mall of America. It's a super cool little amusement park here for kids in the mall. It's massive. Cool arcade. Good food. Great people watching. Are you fucking kidding me? You know. Tell me something good. Tell me that you love me, yeah. Tell me something good. Yeah, happy, happy, happy to be back for another Fairly Normal. I'm dying to know what you guys think about um, putting the control chaos on the feed. I thought it'd be fun for you guys on the Fairly Normal feed. I have to tell you, like, I haven't really, I've been advertising it as, or promoting it about as much as a pod as I do with this one. So it's almost like a special little gift for you guys. A bunch of fairly normal folks at the shows this weekend. Also, as per the norm, some High Livers, some Prince and the Wolf fans. So good to see you guys. I say all the time that I think I have the best fans in the world. So thank you so much for coming out and supporting us. Well, me. I don't. Us is a plural that... Wasn't necessary. Um, get a little business out of the way up front. And this isn't even business. A lot of people have just been asking me about the jackets and some of the shirts that I've been wearing on um, Controlled Chaos and on stage. I don't get any money from these people, everybody. This is not a situation where I'm getting paid. But I reached out to the clothing company and was like, hey, people ask all the time about your jackets and stuff. Will you give my people a discount? And they said, yes. Inexpensive. These are. It's not like Walmart cheap. But for the clothing, the clothing and the price point, you're getting a crazy deal. The jackets that I got, I love. They're the only ones I wear on stage. It's Elwood Clothing, everybody. E-L-W-O-O-D clothing.com. And the promo code JoshWolf25. No, all caps, no spaces. 25 is a number, not the letters. And you're going to get 25% off your purchase. It's a pretty good fucking deal. Zach Brown, all, all right. Off the Grohl Sessions. But here in uh, Bloomington at the Mall of America, man, I have got to tell you guys. Okay, so I was at one of the shows. Well, of course, I've met all of them. But I'm performing at one of them. Oh, actually, I'm performing at all of them. 
Let me start this over. I was on stage, and um, I was talking about being the youngest of four boys, and you know the weird shit happened to me growing up. And there was one dude who was. Um, and by the way, I'm gonna tell you this story, but I'm also gonna tell you I'm super happy the guy came. I know I I leaned on him a little bit during the show, but that was because of the information he volunteered. And when I say leaned on him, you know, I poked fun of him. But I gave him a free shirt at the end of the show. We took a picture. Like, he was a good sport. But, okay. So, <laughs> we, uh, I asked, are you any older brothers in here? And he was like, yeah, me. And um, I, uh, I was like, oh. Oh, hang on. I go, anybody, did you do any weird shit to your younger siblings? And he goes, yeah, he he was the oldest of four boys. And he started to laugh. I go, yeah, anybody do anything weird to their brothers or sisters? And he goes, yeah, I, I hogtied him. I was like, what? He goes, yeah, he was laughing. He was like, I would hogtie him, my brother, and leave him outside naked. But here's what, here's what made me laugh. He said hogtie like... um. Like like we all did it too. Do you know what I mean? He kind of said hogtie and looked around like, you know what I mean? Hogtie. And everyone was like, no. Hogtie. You know, we meant things like, you know, throw cold water on them in the shower and stuff. You know what I mean? Because And here's the thing. A friend of mine, a friend of mine came to show and he brought a friend with him. And I go, well, it's crazy about the hogtie, right? Because he said it like it was completely normal and that we should all be on board. But as soon as he said hogtie, everybody in the crowd was like, did he fucking say hogtie? First of all, how do you know how to hogtie somebody? Why do you know how to hogtie somebody? Why? And then he, my, my buddy's friend was like, yeah, man. He said hogtie. And then when nobody else was on board, I feel like he left off the sodomy part. And I was like, yeah, I kind of felt that was what was coming too. You ever hogtie your brother and stick something in his asshole? No, just me. This guy, man, all night. You know, he was bur- he would burp, too. And the first time he burped, and he was sitting up front. The first time he burped, I didn't say anything. Because to me, if you're doing something like that, you... Because there was a dude who had a skunk hat in the front row, too. Uh, real skunk. Fur hat. Hat, like a Davy Crocker skunk hat. And... um. He was actually sitting at the same table, but dude uh, burped, and I didn't say anything to him because, like, uh, you know, I, I don't want to give him the satisfaction, right? If you were going to obviously do something to draw attention to you, yeah, Papa's not gonna he, he's not gonna take a look over there, you know. That's, this is not like a show and tell, you know. But it happened again. But I went. I happened to be looking at him when he did it, and he covered his mouth and kind of lowered his head. So I thought, oh, he's not doing it for attention. This is like some sort of acid reflux, or he can't control it. So I said to him, I go, uh, oh, you got like an acid reflux problem, or is that, are those burps involuntary? And he goes, no. And I was like, oh, you just just somebody who hasn't been out in public much. I mean, this is the same hogtie guy. It was pretty damn great. That was Zach Brown Band, everybody. All all right. The Grill Sessions. Um, oh, come on. Soundgarden. Never the machine forever. 
Yo, they're doing a Chris Cornell uh, concert, you know, to pay tribute to him in L.A. And it's like Metallica and fucking Foo Fighters and Pearl Jam. It The lineup is insane. It, they're doing it at Staples Center. I, I may have to mortgage the house to go to that show. You know, as a rule, I don't. I won't. I can't. You know, I'm a cheat. I, mm, as a rule, that seems like too much money to spend. I don't even know how much it is, but I'm going to assume it's going to be too much. I don't know. There's certain things. Like, I'm not spending a lot of money on tickets unless it's something like Beth or the kids really want to go to. But for me, man. And by the way, I did a podcast here in uh, Minneapolis, one of my favorite podcasts to do. And we started talking about kids and raising kids and, um, you know, and I do that parenting advice thing, guys, which is kind of fun uh, on my Instagram. And um, I get asked the question a lot. And I, Listen, I am no expert. Understand that when I give parenting advice, it is for comedic effect at totally. If you're listening to, to me, you've got some fucking problems. Like if you're coming to me for any kind of life advice parenting, relationship, you are asking the wrong dude. I'm telling you right now. Now, if you want some fun shit, yeah, okay. But if you're coming for real advice, I I don't know shit. I am fucking seat in my pants, fingers crossed. Let's hope this works. Every day of my fucking life. Every day of my fucking life. Uh, and I do it, I do, <laughs> I can't tell you how many times I've done some ill-informed, all-in choices. But sometimes I just go with my gut. And sometimes it fucking lands, and sometimes it fucking doesn't. I don't know, guys, shit. Any, ch- any decision you make with your kid. You won't know what's the right decision for fucking 15 years. Beth and I took Jacob out of this private school, Notre Dame. Now, they're all during middle school. All Jacob would talk about is, I want to go to Notre Dame. I want to go to Notre Dame. I want, he was, we put him in class to make sure he did well on his SAT. You know, we got him a tutor for his, um, his classes, you know, make sure his grades were good. He went into that interview, and I'll tell you something right now. The interview is what seals it, always seals it for him. Because as a kid, he could talk to adults because when he was, guys, when I was a single dad and he was two, I used to bring him in if I was had an audition or something, I had to bring him in. And at two, he could sit next to the casting, direct, casting director quietly and laugh at the right, he laughed at the right spots because he had seen me rehearse and, you know, Done the, where the laughing is, you know? Oh, come on, everybody. Are you kidding me right now? Eric B. and Rakim, the Punisher. By the way, guys, why aren't you, if you're not listening to these guys, what is up? I'm on it. So good. Um, but he used to be able to sit there and laugh and I have done auditions with him asleep in a baby Bjorn where I whispered him so I wouldn't wake him up. 
you know? So he can talk. And so he always, he's like me. Just get me in a room. I may not look good on paper, but I feel confident in a room talking to somebody. He really is very much the same way. So uh, he does his interview with uh, admission people, and they even said, yeah, great interview. This was his dream. He worked so hard for it. And while he was there, um, you know, he ended up getting bullied, and some friends of his who we thought were friends never stuck up for him. They just went off into their own little groups. And listen, at that age, I'm not blaming anybody. I'm super impressed with anybody who sticks with a friend in high school who's getting bullied, which might put them in the crosshairs too, cross, you know, crossfire. But like, um, you know, none of his friends did that. And I don't blame them for that at that age. You know, when you're a 30-year-old, you know better. But as a teenager, you're still going through shit. It takes a very brave, secure person to get in there and be like, hey, that's my friend. You're going to pick on him. You're going to pick on me. And there are people out there. You know, Jacob did that in, um, he used to do that in elementary school, you know. Uh, and he took a beating, a little bit of a beating in, in high school. That first year and a half, he was at this dream school of his. And he was running track, and he had a girlfriend. And, you know, he found his, his circle, a new circle of friends. And he had some really good friends there. But Beth and I took him out of that school. And we talked about it over, and he was pissed. He was mad. Mad. You know, because his grades weren't great, and he was getting bullied. And I was like, well, look, if your grades aren't good, and you're not, this is not you failing, man. You know, and he just didn't want to feel like he was failing, and he was leaving his friends, and the devil you know is better than the devil you don't. But Beth and I were just like, we got to roll the dice on this. This is not the experience we thought he'd have. You get one shot at high school. This is pretty shitty, so maybe we go from shitty to shitty, but maybe we go from shitty to good. So we pulled the plug, and we looked at each other like, man, I hope this is the right decision. You never know. It ended up being the right decision. His, he would tell you he's the last year and a half of high school, maybe it was two years, of high school were the best for him. The best. No, you know... We put him in a public school, and the public school honestly had way less bullying and way less teasing and way less clicks. It was, it was way better for him, and he played sports, and he was a leader on the teams, and you made the decision, but fucking make no doubt about it. Beth and I had, we were just like, oh, if we fuck this up, he will never forgive us. When we threw him out of the house, you, you throw him out. Because you're like, hey, this is what I think is best. Now, I know a lot of people have their kids still living at home. But as soon as he dropped out of school and decided to start working full time, Beth and I both agreed. We were like, yeah, he's going to have to move out because grownups who work in the workforce don't live at our house. That didn't used to be like a controversial thing. But I'll tell you something else. It was the same thing. He was just fucking scared. And mad at us because he was like, all my friends live at home. I'm like, you should go live with them. You know what I mean? But, uh, oh, I know. Okay. This is how we go. You guys know who this is. It's Queen Bee. Even in the shadows. 
I have to tell you, Justin Martindale really made me download a few of her albums. And I'm going to say this. I have always thought she was an outstanding, maybe the best ever, performer, marketer, just show person. She's so good. God damn, she can put on a show. I just never really loved her voice. It's not terrible, but with the other divas, you put it, you know, her voice is not great. And her I don't love her music. But I do like it more now that I've listened to it a couple times through Justin. But anyways, guys, so what I was saying is like Hold on one second. That's Beth and she's FaceTiming me. You guys are going on pause. Hold on. We're back. I don't remember what we were talking about. You know how that works. I don't know how. I know we had gone past the hogtide story. I know that. I really thought that dude was going to be waiting for me in the fucking. Oh, and last night on stage. You ready? Last night on stage. You know, some of the times on late nights, guys, I've told you, my late night show get loose. And so last night I did that thing where I call, I play I Want It That Way on my guitar. And I bring three people on stage to um, do interpretive dance behind it. And last night we had a woman and two men. And um, the final ended up being between these two dudes. And one dude, you know, guys, I asked them the um, three, same three questions. How do you rate your dance skills? What's one word that would describe or how would you describe your dance style? And what's your best dance move? So this one dude, Mike, kind of a big dude. Kind of a bigger, a little heavier looking Chris Pratt dude, full beard. And I go, what do you, how do you rank yourself as a dancer? He goes, 7.5. I go, really? I go, what's your dance style? And he just leans in. He goes, I get low. And I was like, oh, shit. And I said, what's your, what's your best move? And he said, the straight leg. And I said, all right. And then this next dude walks up who kind of looked like Brian Poussain without the beard. And... um. <laughs> I go, what's, how do you, what would you rate your dance style? And he said four. And now look, the audience is already 100% behind this dude. Just his body type and his whole demeanor, people are on board. So they're already super excited for this guy. And I said, what is your dance style? And he just leaned in and he goes, meaty. Meaty. Meaty, one word to describe your dance style. And he said meaty. And the crowd was like, God damn. And then he did, you know, this his in his first little dance around, he did this move where he just slapped the inner part of his thighs. Legs spread, just slapped the inner part of his thighs and just moved his hands slowly up. Oh, so there was a dance-off between these two. They're going crazy. Mr. Meaty slapping his thighs, doing some serious gyrations. And I think he's got it in the bag for sure. The crowd's going crazy for him. And then uh, he, he <laughs> I played a little too long and he got winded, you know. So he had to bend over. Guys, this is Gary Clark Jr. Things are changing. Come on. And so I'm like, oh, man. And I look over to the dude, and he's winded, but the crowd's going crazy. And I haven't really been watching 
either one of them. I like to watch the crowd. They kind of dance behind me, one to my right and one to my left. And uh, crowd's going crazy. I'm like, what are they going crazy for? Meaty's all bent over, huffing and puffing. I turn to big Chris Pratt. Dude's got his shirt off, and he's digging in. He's not shying away when he took his shirt off. He fucking took his shirt off and was like, I'm about to win this motherfucker. So, and by the way, the winner, the dance-off, I give their server $50. You dance for your server. And, man, he went in. Crowd went crazy. I, I can't remember. The only time I've seen my crowd go crazier during this bit was when in Kansas City, which I'll be there December 7th through 9th with Steve Hofstetler, everybody. But um, in KC, I did it once. And a big dude, I've told you guys this, like big red-headed dude, probably 6'4", 260, and not like a, you know, Jack 260, jumped and landed in the splits, shook the whole stage, but the place went nuts. Now, I don't do this bit every show, and I only do it on late shows. But, like, if you want to see some loose shit, you can come to my early show and my late show, and you're going to see, sometimes you'll see a completely different hour, but you'll definitely see a different show. you probably see the same beginning. But last night was so amazing. And I ended up giving all the waitresses uh, that were an extra $50 because they stayed late and both the contestants fucking nailed it. But it was so much fun, everybody. And the people here, by the way, thank you very much for buying the uh, I'll Wrestle You t-shirts and all sold out of the High Life hats, but I'll have them back. But what a great night it was here. So good in the mall that has a fucking roller coaster in it. I don't know how I feel about it. Does everything, like a mall with a roller, it just seems so gluttonous. And I don't mind, you know, I go back and forth. You know, just like every human being, you know, you have feelings on both sides of the fence. But like, is it bad that I haven't been, I don't need, the hotel is attached to the mall and the mall has the comedy club in it. I have not left. I haven't been outside. I, I haven't breathed in fresh air. I, there's nothing. And I just go everything I need. I would never leave. There's a peep store. Like, where the fuck am I going? Although I think peeps are the grossest. Peeps and candy corn. Those are the fucking worst. Candy corn tastes better than peeps. But it's, it's, peeps are the, because you're combining a terrible taste with the worst texture. It's like, I, it is just, it, oh my God, I'm going to fucking throw up just thinking about it. But um, I feel such like such a lazy fuck. And then I feel like, you know, if, if you live in L.A., you know, the old Russian women who put on their head-to-toe Adidas tracksuits and walk around. The, I feel like a mall walker. I'm like, oh, I'm going to go get some exercise. And I just walk, put on my walking shoes and I walk around the mall like a fucking 90-year-old. Oh, my God. It's so terrible. I better put on my comfortable pants and my loose, loose, no, not my comfortable. Come on, Iggy Pop. I was in the middle of a joke that I had fucked up, and then this banger of a tune comes on. It's called Lust for Life. Iggy Pop. I mean, this dude has looked old and shredded. Basically forever. Like it's like Keith Richards, this guy. Keith Richards not as shredded, obviously, as Iggy Pop. But like you know, in the sixties and seventies and eighties, you looked at 
Keith Richards, you know, next to Mick, and you're like, damn, what the fuck happened to Keith? But Keith hasn't aged. I think all the drugs just kind of basically aged him to a point and then just kept him there. And now you're like, man, Keith looks pretty good. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. yeah, Keith looks better than Mick. Mick has passed him. I mean, Mick, it's so crazy to me that Mick Jagger is still banging 20-year-olds. I'm not for him, but actually, I'm going to be honest with you. When I'm 70, I think, I don't think I would want to be naked in front of a 20-year-old. Maybe I, maybe, maybe the rock star ego is so far beyond all of us that we can't quite understand, but I would be so self-conscious to be like, hey, you're 20, I'm 70, I have grandkids older than you, these are my saggy balls and my skin that you can wrap yourself in after we have sex to keep warm. Like, I don't know that I could do that. Hey, like, if you, when you are that old and you're having sex with somebody from behind, can you pick your balls up and just rest them over their shoulder so they're just hanging over their shoulder so they can kind of look at them? Like, when you're 70 and you're having sex with somebody from behind... Can you use your nuts to auto-asphyxiate yourself at the same time? Are you kidding me? I, it still blows me away. It blows, but that's the thing. Rock star. You're a rock star. You're a rock star. That's all it takes. Pick me out a 70-year-old comic. You think Don Rickles, before he passed, he was fucking 20-year-olds? Yeah. <laughs> You think Richard Lewis is out there? Oh, fucking, I got... You think Alan Arkin is banging 20-year-olds? No. It's a different ball game. But you're Mick Jagger. I think he just had a kid with a 20-year-old. Do you think that kid... Like, does do your DNA get old? Do you know what I mean? Like, does the kid come out with, like, fucking... A bad back or something? Did the kid come out with a weak prostate? Do you know what I mean? Does he come out? Does he need to wear diapers, but for real, for the rest of his life? Like, is that, wouldn't that be fucked up? Is like, what your kid, that would be so fucked up if, like, what your kid got, your kid got also because of whatever age you were when you and your, and your girl got pregnant, right? So they would get young genes or old genes. Oh, that would be terrible. Because everybody would be fucking at 15. Not 15. Nope, those aren't the genes I want. 28. 28 to 32. I would pump out as many fucking babies as I could. 28 to 32. I feel like that's when I was really... Those were my best. Nah. 32 to 35. I was still pretty dumb at 28. I was still pretty dumb at 28. You know? I wish I had... I wish I had the level of clarity about myself then. I wish I hadn't been so hard on myself about so many things. Um, that is one thing. You know, I, we can all look back on that and I'm sure say the same thing, you know. But I wish I could go back on younger me and be like, hey, dude, take it easy on you. 
You're the only you you got, dude. What are you fucking yelling at you for? You know? And it's so funny what they tell you is important when you're young. What they tell you is important. And I would tell young kids, uh, you know, yes, doing well in school I think is important. But when I say doing well in school, doing well for you, not every kid is cut out to get A's. That is the truth. So if you're on your 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 kid who is maxing out at B pluses, and you're not happy with it, you're you're not paying attention. You know, and you gotta. I think you gotta treat your kids differently. Some kid, I, I treated my daughter, Caitlin, and I expected her to get good grades. School was for her. This isn't a level of intelligence either, guys. School just isn't for some people. School was not for Jacob. That was not his thing sitting in that classroom. So we did not expect the same thing. And, you know, kids don't understand it when they're growing up. But you got to parent your kids different. You know what I mean? Oh, come on. Blackberry smoke, one horse down. I love Blackberry smoke. As usual, guys, this podcast has been up and about and all fucking over the place. Um, I'm really sorry. You know that's how I do it. I don't have anything fucking written down. Um, I do uh, I do want to say, you know, I want to wish the best to um, the people in California affected by the fires. And I just want to remind everybody, you know, I know Malibu has been getting a lot of... Um, a lot of the press and and uh, and obviously sending love and good thoughts out to the people in Malibu. But also, let's not forget about the people up north, guys. Entire towns burnt out. Blue-collar folks like you and I who uh, need entire towns wiped out, guys, in a matter of eight hours. Entire towns. People's entire lives and their neighbors and their support systems gone, gone. The place where they worked, where they made money, gone. What are we going to do? What are we going to do for them? What are we going to do? This is where, as a group, we need to step up. doesn't matter where you live. doesn't matter how much you think helps. Look, if you can only afford $20, guess what? If 100,000 people can afford $20, we're making a difference for our fellow Americans, for people in need. Uh, and just remember that like, if, if that was you, every $20 counts. Every bottle of water, every protein bar, don't think that you don't matter because you do. And it's just energy. You go do it, and you say to somebody, hey, they go, where are you going? Oh, I'm going to send $20 to the fucking fire recovery. Oh, okay. You want to do that? Yeah, I'll fucking do that. That's all it takes, everybody. But these are people's, and I'm not discounting the people in uh, Malibu either. They also need help. But I just want to make sure that we all know that the people up north also, you know, with not a whole lot of means, not a whole lot in the bank, not a whole, whole lot to pick themselves up afterwards, you know, and that is crushing for that to happen 
out of nowhere. And uh, I don't think raking the forests would have solved that fucking problem. Raking the forests. This motherfucker. I know you guys heard Trump say that. Raking the forests. In Finland, he said they raked the forest. It's also super cold in Finland. A lot of snow there. They don't have an incredible drought that we have. Raking forests or not, everybody, ground and trees are dry. You're going to rake the trees, too? The embers spread. They fly. That's it. This is not a place where our president should be coming in and placing blame. He should be coming in and being like, what can I do to help? Not, hey, in Finland. Hey, motherfucker, in Finland, there's free health care and education, too. W- we doing that? No? Well, keep your fucking rake in the forest comments to yourself. You pick up a rake, dickwad. I bet you it's as, I bet you it's as entertaining as watching you try to open a bottle of water. You fucking. God damn. This is called Freeze Me. Death from above, 1979. Outrageous now. This is a new purchase for me, trying it out. I really don't know much about it at all. Okay. I can kind of hear what kind of music that is just coming in right now. That feels a little all-American rejecty. Not as rocky, but the same kind of voice. Panic at the disco-y. Yeah, I'm all right with that. But yeah, guys, let's... uh. Let's stop when there's a problem. Automatically trying to push blame on a group of people. And let's solve the fucking problem. That's it. Let's solve the fucking problem. I don't know what we can do to solve the drought in California. I don't. But I know that we can help people rebuild. Let's do that. I mean, I have my own thoughts. On the dry climate and the heat. But, you know, let's not get into that right here. Let's solve some problems on the ground first. And then we can get into that other stuff later. Um, All right, guys. You know, we're just doing half hours of these now. Um, I'll probably check in with you again on Monday. Um, There is something. Oh, wait a second. What did somebody want me to talk about? You know, I completely forgot what it was. You know, I completely forgot what it was. Um, what happened to the music? Oh, this this hotel, by the way. This is the difference between being on TV and not TV. When I used to come to this hotel, and I was on Chelsea, there was like a bottle of tequila in the room, glasses. Just a note from the fucking GM. So happy to have you here. You know, some some fucking cool perks. Huge suite. Papa walked in today. This week. No tequila. No. It's so funny to see. Not even like they're using like not even a card that says, welcome, Mr. Wolf. Like there used to be that shit. And now it's just like, hey, fend for yourself, motherfucker. <laughs> Which is how it should be. I don't need a bottle of tequila. I'm not drinking that anyways. But I just always thought it was really funny. Um, All right, guys. Just wanted to touch base with you. Give you a little update on what I'm doing here this weekend. Come join me on the High Live as usual on Monday night at 7 o'clock. On my Facebook fan page, Control Chaos. 
7 o'clock on Tuesdays on my Facebook fan page. This week and next week, we have banger shows. So good. Would you like to hear who's on the shows? Of course you would. Coming up this week. Oh, Big Shot by Billy Joel, everybody. Next week, Justin Martindale, Byron Bowers, Jade Keta Preta. Guys, that is going to be, I guarantee you, a very musical show. They're all so funny and great at improv. And the week after, oh my God, even better. Not even better. Same level of great. Adam Ray, Amir K, and Arden Marin. Let me know who you'd like to see on Control Chaos. Uh, I got Bill Burr coming up on the podcast. I got uh, an interview with my buddy Ryan Sickler coming up on the podcast here. Guys, as normal. So good talking to you. Some of these are serious. Some of them are funny. Some of them are like this, which is just a half an hour of me talking about whatever. But I love I love checking in with you. This is for us. This is just like our diary. You guys have been on this ride with me since the beginning, you know. Some are up, some are down. You know, and some are whatever. It's what I like the most about it. We don't advertise. The people who need a fairly normal, they find us. I'm so excited I get to check in with you every week. Thank you so much for tuning in to Fairly Normal. Keep tuning in to Control Chaos. It means a lot. And uh, we will see you next week with an interview with Ryan Sickler. All right, everybody. We love you. Fairly normal Later.